Alrighty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast, the 29th day of March 2023. Happy, glorious Wednesday, hump day. We're halfway to the weekend. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend. Whisper sweet nothings to the people who share the pillows with you at night or the people who you work with or your enemies if you hate the show. I mean, I don't understand why you're listening, but, you know, spread the word. Anyway. Uh, and check out patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter com. That is where the bonus material goes. That's where the contest is. And that's where you can alleviate the guilt of getting such fine quality entertainment, infotainment, if you will, uh, for the low, low cost of nothing for five bucks a month. That's pennies a day for God's sakes, for the love of Frank Tanana, check it out. All right, let us get started. We have a lot of things to talk about. We have a lot going on. I've got to start off with the school shooting yesterday, the school shooting that is already going the way of the dodo. I swear to God, the second I heard that it was a trans person, the clock was ticking. I just knew it was ticking. That's how the left works. Oh, no, there you go. That's it. That's it. Moving on. And my, now I went to uh, Quinn had a soccer practice yesterday, so I took her there, and I'm sitting there. I've got watching them. Quinn doesn't know how to do a jumping jack. It was a big controversy. I had to try and teach her how to do a jumping jack when we got home. Still iffy on the jumping jack thing. She just kind of jumps around and flails. <laughs> not real. It's fun to watch, but it's not a classic jumping jack. But as I'm sitting there, I can't go out there and do anything. I can just watch. So I watched and I put my earbud in one ear and was listening to the news. I was listening to, uh, through the app, I was listening to Brett Baer's show because I wasn't at home. And I I remember checking the clock from when the show started to when they moved on to whatever story was. I can't even remember what story was second. It was so irrelevant, so insignificant that I uh, I checked the clock when I heard them switching topics. I said, how long did they talk about this? 12 minutes. Now, I might have been a minute or two lo- late because I was not paying acute attention. I was paying more attention to the soccer practice than anything else. But it was at the latest 12 minutes after 6 that Fox moved on from this story. Six people were murdered in a school, in a Christian school, by a trans activist, a woman insisting she's a man, clearly mentally unstable. And the police chief's talking about how it seems as though resentment may have fueled this shooter's attack on her former school. And it was over with by 12 minutes after. Now that was, Fox spent more time than other networks on it. Then I watched the next show and there was a little bit on it. Then I watched the show after that and it didn't even start with the story. Just, they went on from there and it became less and less important. It will still be reported today. 
It'll still be mentioned tomorrow, but by the weekend, this story will be memory hold. Now, I want you to remember that fact when the next one happens, because nobody's really willing to deal with mental health in this country. So as long as we're not willing to deal with mental health, a next one sadly will happen. When the next one happens, and it's not some trans activist, it's not some protected class on the left, the calls will be, oh, how long do we have to do, how many more of these things, and why don't this happens only in this country? All the things they always say. They've said them here. But then they moved on. They've said them, and then they moved on. You can tell less than 24 hours after a mass school shooting and you go to now the left-wing Drudge Report and the top story there is France braces for violence over pension protests. Really? That's the top story? That's your above the Drudge Report headline? Now there up on the upper left is the transgender killer. But it's not this, the blaring headline. Why? Because it's inconvenient. It'll be gone. It'll be gone by noon tomorrow. The manifesto, the politics. Now, imagine if this were not a trans activist, if this were not a member of the protected class. I mean, this went away just like the, the trans shooter at the gay club in Colorado. Remember? Oh, it's a safe space for everybody. It's horrible. Why are these right-wing hate mongers? Oh, wait, they use they-them pronouns? Uh, never mind. Never mind. Forget it. Moving on. Remember these things. It's never about the victims. It is never about the violence. It is about the opportunity. If an opportunity presents itself for the Democrats to advance their political agenda, in this case in gun control, which is code for you control, whether you choose to exercise your Second Amendment right or not, it is about you control, limiting, eliminating your options. The second it is discovered that a story is worthless, they move on, and they'll wait for the next one. And it'll be the exact same talking with, oh, well, how many times do we have to go through this? What do we have to do? How many These evil Republicans. Now, if you remember... It was just a little over a year ago, I believe, that Congress passed gun control, right? And Joe Biden signed gun control, right? I mean, this was huge and historic. And now it's as though it didn't happen. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm just saying, isn't it weird how this happens? NPR, it was just under a year ago, actually, June 25th, 2022, National Public Radio. President Biden on Saturday signed into law the first major gun safety legislation passed by Congress in nearly 30 years. The signing comes after a month, uh, comes a month after a mass shooting at a Texas elementary school killed 19 children and two adults. The attack came 10 days after a racist mass shooting in Buffalo, New York, supermarket that killed 10 black people. Quote, while this bill doesn't do everything I want, it does include actions I've long called for that are going to save lives, end quote, Biden said just before signing the measure. 
Today, we say more. We say more than enough. We say more than enough, he added, at a time when it seems impossible to get anything done in Washington. We are doing something consequential. Now, how is it that after he saved the Republicans, saved lives, that this mass shooting could happen? Well, it's almost as though the criminals, the monsters, the lunatic, evil sons of bitches who are now rotting in hell don't care about the law or they missed the memo. Maybe we should make sure that we ask for, remember when you could ask for a red receipt on emails? Maybe when we send these out, we should ask crazy people for a red receipt. Did you, did you notice that we, we uh, passed gun control legislation? So all of your evil plans now should stop? You should stop doing them? Nope. Instead, we have the same old, same old, the same insistence, the same plan, the same plot, the same so-called solutions that won't amount to anything. If you really want to get serious about gun violence, as the left claims to, it's not about the inanimate object. How can I say that? Well, because the fact that we have, what, more than 300 million guns in this country and mass shootings are still pretty rare. Oh, they ca- the way they calculate anything, any kind of shooting that involves more. Hey, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, you're never going, no amount of gun control is going to stop a corner war. No amount of shooting is going to stop. I don't, I, honestly, gangs, unless they wise up, until they wise up, if gang members, mafia members, whatever it is, doesn't matter. They want to kill each other, that's fine. I care about the kids sitting on the uh, on the porch who gets hit with a stray. Those are the, the killings I care more about. I don't want to see anybody die, but if you're going to engage in activity like illegal gang activity, drug trafficking, sales, whatever, and destroy lives... Um, Yeah, I'm not going to shed that big a tear for you. I'd encourage you to stop. Maybe grow the hell up. But it's the innocent. It's the innocent that I have a problem with. If you're going, you're not going to stop with legislation. People who don't give a damn about legislation. You're not going to make something super ultra illegal and then people willing to kill over the ability to make a few hundred or a few thousand bucks a day selling drugs, went, all right, well, now that it's super duper illegal, I'm not going to kill anybody. You either have the morality in you that killing is wrong or you don't. But the issue of killing innocent people on purpose, if you want to address that, you have to address mental illness. And the reason this story in particular and the story of the uh, they-them shooter before it and any story similarly situated immediately goes the way of the dodo is because we used to in this country treat gender dysphoria as a mental illness. It wasn't enough to, you know, put you on a do-not-fly list or cannot-buy list. It was not the same as being a sociopath with a violent history. But it was a mental illness called gender dysphoria. It was treatable and treated rather successfully, as evidenced by the fact that there really weren't that many people slicing off vital body parts in the past, right? 
But now not only can you not say, because there are a lot of people who, you know, gender dysphoria is just one manifestation of uh, a bunch of mental issues that should be dealt with that they likely need help with. But now you can't seek it. If you go to seek help for gender dysphoria, you get, quote, gender-affirming care. No, no. The feelings that are wildly unnatural that you can't understand that are making you uncomfortable and miserable, those are completely valid. Let's explore them and embrace them and move forward down that path. That's what you're likely to hear. That's what you will hear. That's what's mandated in best practices now in the field of psychology. You can't say, hey, you're not really a, you're not really a man. Or you're not really a woman. Let's get to the root of the problem here and figure this out so you're not miserable anymore. You can't say that anymore. You run risk of being excommunicated from your profession and possibly in the near future losing your license. So they just yeah, move along. Move along. Well, gender dysphoria can lead to other issues, other problems and resentment. And what do you think people who already believe that they're trapped in the wrong body, that God screwed up or nature screwed up on them, what do you think they're going to react? How do you think they're going to react if on top of already all the uh, confusion going on in their head, you have politicians you have actors, you have people in positions of esteem, and sadly, esteem and attention translates to trust in this society. When you have those people telling you what? That Republicans, Christians, they're trying to commit genocide against you. What's that genocide? Saying you can't slice off pieces of a 13 year old sorry you can't do that it's not acceptable 18 you got to get to an adult you got if you want to do that then an adult can okay how is that genocide that other people saying you can call yourself whatever you want you can dress i don't care but i'm not going to play your game you're standing next to me at a urinal. I will not kiss your hand and open the door for you and pretend that you're a lady. It's not going to happen. You have a thicker beard than I do. I'm not going to pretend that you're a woman. You want me to call you Betty? I'll call you Betty. But more than likely, I won't call you anything. I'm going to avoid you because I refuse to participate in your delusions. That is portrayed by the progressive leftist Democrat Party as genocide. Now, if you are inundated with claims of genocide against you and people like you, nonstop by people who are supposed to be in positions of power, post of, supposed to be in positions of importance and authority, and you're already mentally unstable, what do you think could happen. Now, weirdly, the, this is being committed by the very same people who, when Gabby Giffords was shot and people were killed out in Arizona, they said, oh, uh, Sarah Palin put a crosshairs on her map uh, over Gabby Giffords' district along with a bunch of other districts because she was targeting those with her, her political action committee. And therefore, it is her fault. It's her fault. 
Now, which do you think is more likely to have an impact on somebody mentally unstable? Crosshairs on a map on a website they never visited or the constant drumbeat by Democrats in the media, in the popular culture, that literal genocide is being committed against you. Which one do you think is going to cause people to react more? See, because misery loves company. People who transition, oh, it's great. I, now that I'm wearing pants, it's wonderful. I've, and then what happens? Since they didn't actually deal with the underlying mental problems that they should have dealt with in the first place, that the psychological profession should have been encouraging them to deal with in the first place, whatever the end result is, I don't care if they, they still at the end of the process figure out that, oh, you know what, I'm, a, I'm still a woman in a man's body. Okay, I don't care. The depression, the misery, the suicidal thoughts, the homicidal thoughts, those are the ones you kind of got to figure out. Getting comfortable within yourself, not conditioned to be comfortable within yourself. But they, they, they quote, trans, I'm transitioning. I'm now wearing a dress and I feel free. And then six months down the road, all the problems you didn't address come creeping back in. And you're just as miserable as before. And you go, what is going on? I tucked it back really far. How is it that I'm as miserable now as I was then? And it's because you're not dealing with the actual issues that are causing your depression, that are causing your instability, that are causing you problems. You're dealing with the superficial. You're dealing with the politically expedient. You're dealing with a bunch of people who are desperate to just slide you into the alphabet mafia. The T's and the Q's, the questioning and the trans, those are the two most important letters in the alphabet mafia. They now dictate everything. People live in fear of the T's and the Q's, especially on the left. So you can't help those people get beyond the T and the Q and maybe realize that it was something else in their lives. And you have those problems coming. It's like taking an aspirin because you sliced your arm. Oh, that'll numb the pain a little bit for a while. But if you don't go and deal with the slice stop the bleeding the underlying problems which were always more important the pain is an indication that there's something wrong not what's wrong then what's wrong is going to come back to haunt you it really is something to watch the coverage of this uh, to the extent that there is coverage of this there's not going to be a lot of coverage, like I say, but let's see. New York Times yesterday on Twitter: female assailant in mass shooting in the U.S. Uh, mass shootings in the U.S. like one the one that occurred on Monday in Nashville are extremely rare, according to the Violence Project, which maintains a national database of mass shootings dating to 1966. And then the left went crazy. And the New York Times had to issue the following clarification. Quote, There was confusion later on Monday about the gender identity of the assailant in the Nashville shooting. Officials had used she and her to refer to the suspect, who, according to social media posts and a LinkedIn profile, appeared to identify as a man in recent months. Oh, 
<laughs> there you go. We would not want to offend somebody. Going, you know, on the fast track to hell. You want to make sure that they have diversity, equity, and inclusion as they burn eternally in hell. But seriously, I swear to God, they do. There have been clarifications that, you know, oh man, hey, they're transgender. We must go back and edit USA Today, their whole thread, uh, multiple people, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then at the end, it says, police on Monday afternoon said that the shooter was a transgender man. Officials had initially misidentified the gender of the shooter. No, no, they did not. It is a woman. It was a woman. It will forever be a woman. It is a woman in hell. Not a dude in hell. I don't care which bathroom she uses in hell. <laughs> She's rotting in it. One thing I will say, you got to give credit to the Nashville police. 14 minutes. 14 minutes from the trans activist entering the school to the trans activist being put down like a rabid dog being shot and killed by police 14 minutes that is huge that is completely different from uvaldi where they all sat around outside going <laughs> i don't know what are we supposed to do let's secure the perimeter we've secured the perimeter let's expand the perimeter we've expanded the perimeter let's have lunch and think about what we're supposed to do maybe since we've got such a big perimeter we could have a scrimmage football game here while they could still hear shots being fired while kids inside were calling 911 begging for help and the police were sitting outside in the planning stages for their weekends no nashville wasn't playing that game Nashville went in and put this killer down immediately. And good for them. But in the aftermath, the priority is making sure you do not misgender the shooter. God forbid you offend somebody who's dead. You wouldn't want that. Curiously, all the lefties are like pretending, no, this is not, this is, you know, just ignore the trans part. Just ignore the shooting. Just ignore the whole thing. Well, there's a picture of the, the chick wearing camo, trying to dress like a dude. And then it's not like they haven't sort of been telegraphing this punch, right? You can find on social media all sorts of photographs, trans rights or else. There's a tranny, tranny holding a picture of in between there's a bunch of guns. Trans rights, gun, 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 or else. Okay, and then there is April 1st in Washington, D.C. They're planning it. It's called what? We need more than visibility, their flyer says. Trans Day of Vengeance. Trans Day of Vengeance. Stop trans genocide. Didn't I just tell you about no transgenocide you get the mentally and emotionally unstable and you tell them that they're coming for you you're naturally paranoid you're already got all sorts of problems and don't worry, they're coming for you now the vast majority of people are going to recognize that this is just a marketing gimmick to appeal to dumb people 
But some of those dumb people are also going to be mentally unstable. And they're going to believe they're coming for us. They're committing genocide against my people. I have to act. It's the same damn thing that happened with James Hodgkinson. What was the rhetoric at the time from your friendly neighborhood Democrats? The Republican health care plan is going to kill 10,000 people a year. A Harvard study, which is not a study at all, declared the Republican plan to replace Obamacare is going to kill 10,000 people every single year. My God, if you believe that, if you were mentally unstable enough to believe that, if you're a Democrat, you have problems. But amongst the mentally unstable Democrats sitting there, what? There is a small percentage, but it takes only one. How, you know, how many, how many dead rats in your basket of apples does it take for you to go, I'm not eating any of those apples? I'm betting it's one, right? I don't think it's like, well... If we get to five dead rats in this basket of apples, then I'm not going to eat the apples. But until then, they're just apples. Nope. Nope. It just takes one. And so you have James Hodgkinson sitting there going, 10,000 people every single year. And that's the floor, not the ceiling, are going to die as a result of what these Republicans are doing. Somebody must do something. Now, the average mentally unstable person will have that thought. Somebody must do something. The genuine, the oddball, the, the rarity, thank God, at least, you know, still rare, unstable person will then go, I must do something. I will be, I will stand, I will be remembered for all time as the person who prevented 10,000 people a year from being killed. Because at the time of the Hodgkinson shooting, what was it? There was a push in Congress to repeal and replace Obamacare. There was a real possibility that John McCain wasn't going to be a jackass and vote against it. So James Hodgkinson went and became a martyr. On a Tuesday afternoon, or Tuesday morning, he tried to kill as many Republicans as possible on that baseball field. By Friday, the story was done because he was one of their own. He was a Bernie bro. He was an avid Rachel Maddow fan. Can't have that. This trans killer, as you're looking here at the trans day of vengeance to stop trans genocide, April 1st, 11 a.m., assemble at the Supreme Court. Wear a mask and bring a buddy. They're not telling you to wear a mask because you need to worry about COVID. No, wear a mask so they can't see you. They can't identify your face. Bring a buddy. Bring a friend. They tell you who they are. Will you believe them? That's really the only question. Now, I want to illustrate what I'm talking about as far as Democrats not giving a damn. As far as Democrats not caring. But pretending to care. They recognize they have to pretend to care. There is an opportunity in this school shooting for them to advance their agenda. It's small, but they have to pay lift. Now, once they found out that it was one of their own, it becomes iffy. But the playbook, it, it, it's, if it's not one of their own, if it's somebody who once tweeted a photograph of a, a MAGA hat or something, then they'll harp on it for a month. 
and really in perpetuity. But if it is one of their own, they go, well, we've, we've still got to go through the motions. See, the left has a checklist and they have to go, how quickly they go through the checklist is dependent wholly on how useful they think each individual incident, or I should say, any individual incident is. This one is not going to be very useful. It's it's their own team. They don't want to explore how they are responsible for this. They definitely don't want to talk about mental health because, I mean, if you really start getting into the mental health issue, you need trans control legislation. You're going to have to deal with the fact that they've decided that gender dysphoria is now no longer a thing that had been in existence throughout the entirety of the psychological profession, but it is now nature's mistake and not a real thing. So that's why they hate, by the way, the silence of the lambs, if you haven't noticed. In, soon, in the next five, ten years, the silence of the lambs will be canceled. It is already, you know, it's a great movie. It's an Oscar-winning movie. The two leads won the Oscar. I think the director won the Oscar. It just swept the Oscars, whatever year it was, 89, 90, somewhere in there. Swept them. And it was a mainstay on cable right up there with the Shawshank Redemption, which you turn on TBS now, whenever now is for you. And there's a 20% chance Shawshank Redemption will be on. The Silence of the Lambs used to be that way, but now you're noticing it's it's happening. It's 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 out there less and less and less frequently. And you go, well, what is it? Has it been has it been overtaken by other things? Not really. No, other movies are still out there and still in heavy rotation. You make deals. These stations make deals with the studios and the distribution houses and production companies to have access to their catalog. So it's not like they really, they can, but they don't often go after one movie. They go after a bunch of movies so they can have a bunch of movies to mix up. They don't go a heavy rotation with the Silence of the Lambs anymore, and it will go the way of many other movies soon because Buffalo, Buffalo Bob, the killer, in Silence of the Lambs is a transvestite, which you were allowed to say back then. Yes, a transvestite with mental issues, with a lot of mental issues, not just the gender dysphoria. And the, like I say, the alphabet mafia is now, you know, in the Sopranos, whenever somebody would get, you know, the big, the Don, the Capo de Tutti Capo, the big Don of the uh, the head of the syndicate, not just the Soprano crime family, but all the families in New York, New Jersey area, when they, uh, when something would happen to them, and you see this in other mafia movies, there's always a scramble. Who's going to be the new king Don of all Dons? Well, they never went for Tony. Tony was never in the running. He wasn't in New York. He was in New Jersey. It's not New Jersey. There's New York and there's New Jersey. They always make sure that they protect their own and take care of their own interests, even though they're all in it together. The Alphabet Mafia, they're all in it together. But the B and the T, they're, they're Manhattan. They're the leaders of the group. They're the ones who are going to be in charge. Everybody, you can be in charge of your own little fiefdom, but you're not going to be in charge of the whole thing. No way, no how. Yeah, I'd think that the L and the G and the, and the, the B would kind of resent 
the T and the Q kind of, and a lot of, and actually, you know, I know, I do know a lot of gay people. Privately, they do. Privately, they, they look at this and they go, you know, not down with the drag queen striptease for kids and stuff like that. They can't say it because they're just as afraid of being canceled as everybody else. You say, well, they're a member of the tribe. They're not going to be canceled. Think about how the left goes after somebody like Condi Rice or uh, or uh, Clarence Thomas or anybody who doesn't conform to what the left thinks they should be based on irrelevant characteristics. They'll go after their own. They don't care. They're not their own. It's about the ideology. Diversity to the left is different colored like-minded drones who refuse or are incapable to think for themselves. Period. End of story. Doesn't really matter. The rest of it. So anyway, <clears throat> they want to move off this as quickly as possible, but they have to check the boxes. So Karine Jean-Pierre was on Morning Joe this morning. Talking, she's got to check the box. Now, I it's, I think this is Garrett Hack. Nah, maybe it's not Garrett Hack. I don't know. I, it's an interchangeable, asexual-seeming white dude that's on Morning Joe. Like, honestly, it, the least masculine man on all of cable television is Joe Scarborough. And it's like in his contract... He has a stipulation that says nobody can be uh, more masculine than me. And so they take up these people on Morning Joe and all the other guys are like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't watch Morning Joe for 20 seconds one morning and you'll see what I'm talking about. That Mojo, I think himself is very, very nervous, very, very insecure. So he says, you got to get me white guys. I really want a lot of white guys around me. But I want to make sure that none of them can grow facial hair. And you suspect that at least one testicle didn't fully descend. That's what I'm threatened by anybody who's more masculine than me. But whoever this is, is questioning Corinne Jean-Pierre. Now, I isolated his question before her answer because his question is so typical, so pathetic, so unsurprising yet disgusting in the wake of what had just happened. Um, what can his message be to, particularly those Republicans who stand in the way of these legislation? What can he do? He often speaks about his relationships on the other side of the aisle. He touts bipartisan accomplishments uh, that he did as both senator uh, and now as president. How can he lean into those relationships and or use the bully pulpit and run directly against those who stand in the way of gun safety reform. Why can't these Republicans, what can we do to bully these, what can Joe Biden do to bully these, we need to bully, bullying is wrong, but we need to bully Republicans to conform to our will. Forgetting the fact that just last year, whoa, historic gun reform, we've got gun control, we've made people safer. Yeah, turns out you didn't make anybody safer because the bill that Joe Biden signed did nothing about the mental health of leftists who believe MSNBC's propaganda. That is going to leave us all less safe. Now, I want you to listen to Karen Jean-Pierre. She's so historic. My God. Listen to her, now, her answer. Now, she's not reading a binder here. She's sort of going off on her own now she knows this one liberals are born with this answer 
in them. But listen to her. Well, Jonathan, as you know, and, and you, you, you alluded to that in the question that you posed to me, is this is a president that believes in bipartisanship. He calls for bipartisanship over and over again. We have done things in the first two years in a bipartisan way. I mentioned the Safer Communities Act, which was, again, done in a bipartisan way. So we can do this. And here's the thing, what we will say, what I will say to Republicans in Congress is, what are you going to say to these parents? What are you going to say to these family members? 63% of Americans, and I heard this poll uh, laid out here on the show earlier today, it's a political poll, said that they want to see safer gun safety measures. They want to see that. That is the will of the people. So Republicans need to listen to majority of Americans in this country, the will of the people, and act. They want safer gun safety, safer measures, safer safety measures. What is it? How, how can you be so dumb as to utter a sentence like that? Well, you can be that dumb. And as long as you're historic, it is overlooked. Now, what's really interesting to me is uh, Karine Jean-Pierre doesn't understand the concept of, of rights, nor does she or any of the boobs over at Morning Joe, they understand how the Constitution works. If you want to ban things, you want to ban guns, if you want, the Constitution has to be changed. There's a mechanism called the amendment process that you can do. I mean, good luck to you. It's, it's a steep hill to climb because our founding fathers were pretty um, specific in what they did at the Constitutional Convention. They're very specific about what they did. And they did not want that document altered very easily because it limits the power of government. It specifically and strictly limits the power of government. Now, I get that politicians have been bastardizing that and ignoring it since 1789, but it doesn't change the fact that that document exists. That's why the document exists. And you have to find ways, creative ways, sadly, to circumvent that document existing. But for her to go, the American people want this. 63%. The polls show. You want government government by polls? Now, the left loves polling when polling suits their needs. Actually, politicians love polling when polling suits their needs. But never asked by any of these politicians is, is it constitutional? Can we do this? Should we do this? It's just, I want to do this. They want to do it for reasons that usually have nothing to do with the issue at hand. But if you want to live in a country where your rights are determined by the latest polling data, what kind of fresh hell would that be? What kind of awful place would this be where your rights are based on the whims of the moment? And quite frankly... The American people in general are easily manipulated, not because they're stupid, but because the mechanisms are in place for that manipulation. The media, Hollywood, popular culture, all of these things that I've talked about earlier are very much at play and very much used in the manipulation process. So you can end up in a situation where, for example, if you look at polling data and you ask them, what pers- uh, how fatal was COVID? Back a year, I think people have sort of wised up about it, but we're not dealing with a 
White House spokesmodel, no matter how historic she is, with somebody who's saying, we need to let the dust settle, think about this rationally. No, it's we must act, we must act now. So then when the polling data comes in, these little fascists, these little dictators want to use it to their advantage, if it is to their advantage. But during COVID, during the height of COVID, even a year or two into the COVID protocols, what did we have? We had people who, when you took a survey, believed, particularly Democrats, that about 40% of people with COVID ended up in the hospital. And the fatality rate was somewhere around 20%. It was just killing people left and right, COVID. No, nothing could be further from the truth. The mortality rate was well below 1%. Thank God for that. But the left didn't know that. Why? Because if you watched MSNBC, right along with the roving band of straight white men committing hate crimes out there nonstop, and the police officers hunting unarmed black men for sport was the idea that COVID is going to kill everybody and you must laminate yourself and breathe through a multi-chambered air filter snorkel in order to survive. Do you really want to be governed by polls like that when you can prove that through the deliberate infliction of paranoia for political gain, meaning the 2020 election, you can convince the American people that something that is just slightly more fatal than influenza is the same as playing Russian roulette with a revolver, a five-shooter revolver? Do you want to be governed that way? What fresh hell would that be? That would be awful. That's what the left wants. And if they, by the way, if they get what they want, if they, I get fundraising emails from Adam Schiff all the time. God, what a worthless creature he is. He's running for the Senate out in California now that Diane Feinstein, people woke up and realized that Diane Feinstein might be dead. We're not really sure. But she's incapable of doing her job. He's running for Senate and he runs in his emails talk about how he wants to be elected so he can end the filibuster. Well, once you make the United States Senate into the United States House of Representatives with fewer members, then you can have radical change quickly and regularly. Democrats control things. They pass socialized medicine. Republicans take over. They repeal socialized medicine. Uh, Democrats take over. Here, federal right to abortion. Now, you get abortion funded by uh, taxpayers nonstop whenever you want it. Republicans take over, repeal it, goes back to the states. Do you want to live in a country that is that big of a swing every single day? You You get that if you want a country governed by polls. That's what a country governed by polls did. That's the brilliance of our founding fathers, is they made, at least on paper, a very limited federal government with very explicit powers. Progressives ignore them. Progressives bastardize it. Progressives want to rip parts of the Constitution out. I mean, think about the Bill of Rights. What parts of the Bill of Rights of the modern Democratic Party ratify today? The First Amendment, they're not interested in free speech. Hate speech is not free speech, and everything that disagrees with us is hate speech. So if you agree with them, 
you can exercise your right to freedom of speech. If you disagree with them, you are committing hate speech and therefore you have no right to speak it. Okay, there goes that clause of it, the freedom of religion. You really think Democrats would protect religion in any way, shape, or form? No way on God's green earth would they do that. They can't stand it. Even a devout Catholic like Nancy Pelosi and, and, and Joe Biden care about religious freedom because it stands in the way of their political agenda. So that one's gone. The right of the people to peacefully assemble. Nah. I mean, it depends on what they're assembling for, right? You don't have to be peaceful if you're assembling for the right cause. If it's for justice, for for George Floyd or some other junkie, you can absolutely positively assemble and burn down cities and, and no charges will be filed. But anything else, you'll get on a terrorism watch list and you'll probably be visited by the FBI. So the peaceful assemble thing gone redress of grievances address the uh, petition to government for redress of grievances now don't want that that's lobbying lobbying they label that lobbying now it's just activism if you do the exact same thing and democrats agree with you then you're just an activist who cares very deeply about social justice but if you do the exact same thing for a cause democrats dislike you're a lobbyist you're the monster and then there's freedom of the press you think well they'll support that one they will except for like Fox, the Washington Examiner, Free Beacon, Daily Caller, Talk Radio, none of that, just liberal outlets. That's the fresh hell Democrats would love to create if we were governed by polls. That's why the Constitution matters and why they hate it. So immediately after Corinne Jean-Pierre answering the question about oh, school shooting and all oh, the republicans are going to not they what are they going to tell these parents well, we care so deep. we're the party of caring and the republicans are the party of not caring they couldn't get the stink of the question off of them fast enough because it was one of their own who did it so immediately uh, there's a little bit more of corinne jean pierre's answer in this and then comes on British journalist Caddy Kay. I love it. Like, what? She's British. No, she's a leftist. All right. It doesn't matter where you're born. Your philosophy is the same. And she immediately changes the subject to what's really, really important on a day where there was, you know, three school children and three school officials murdered by a trans activist because, well, they're a trans activist. They move on to, well, listen to it for yourself. To put an assault weapons ban, weapons of war. These are weapons of war that we are now seeing in our schools and on the streets of this country. Queen, can I uh, change subjects and ask about Africa with the vice president's trip? <laughs> oh, yeah. can I change? Because, you know, that's, did you know that the vice president was in Africa? Maybe you heard some of the stupid things that she said over there. But in general, you, where she's still over there is ongoing. What is she doing? Who knows? Who knows? She's got to do something to keep her away from the southern border and away from the American press and away from even softball interviews where she could say wildly stupid things and be mocked roundly by everybody. So they sent her off to Africa. Go go over to Africa and see where your your father's ancestors started the enslaving of others. Well, wait, are we allowed to say that? Yeah, well, it's true. Her family on her father's side was, uh, was one of the biggest slaving families in all of the Caribbean. But hey, what are you going to do? You know, she can write herself a reparation, reparations check. But I love that. Look, we've asked a question. 
We've checked the box. Now we can move on to the more important issue that's burning up everybody's mind in the business, and that is the vice president's trip to Africa. They don't care, ladies and gentlemen. They don't care. Now, if she cared, first of all, if any of them cared, the next question would have also been about the shooting. They would have said, you know, what a, even if they wanted to be hacks about it, they said, what do you say about those Republicans who are saying that we need trans control now or whatever it is? Is there any significance to this person being a member of the transgender community, et cetera, et cetera? They would, they would have addressed the issue. They would have talked about what was going on. But because the T and the Q are so powerful in the alphabet mafia, they moved on. You'd think they could have come up with something better than Kamala Harris's trip to Africa, but you can't. And when you're led by Joe Biden, you, uh, you realize just how devoid of general basic human decency this administration is. I mean that with all seriousness and with a bit of sadness that at least in the past, you got the sense they faked caring. And they faking caring, look, nobody, you're not going to care as much as anybody involved, but and presidents generally don't care. It doesn't matter who the president is. They don't care nearly as much as they pretend to. They have to. It's part of the job. But they at least all pretended to care about various things. It was the priorities. Before I talk about anything else, I want to mention this going on, so on and so forth. Horrible situation today. Building collapse. Bomb went off. Terrorist attack. School shoot, Whatever it is. It's before we do anything else, let's have a moment of silence for this, that, or the other. It's perfectly normal. It's what decent people do, even if they don't personally care all that much. You just say, this is the thing that's, nobody's affected directly, but, you know, everybody's impacted a little bit, and we're just going to take a moment to acknowledge this at the start. Not this idiot. Not Joe Biden. Joe Biden comes down to a small business event in the White House in the East Room. The press, you want to know how bad it is in this guy's brain. The press had been, uh, the press is always, you know, tipped up. Look, when the president comes down, because they're, they're clamoring. Hey, is the president going to, the president have a statement? Is the president going to blah, 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 about X, Y, or Z? And the answer is, look, the president already has a scheduled public event. Before he gives his prepared remarks at that event, he's going to offer remarks on the event that just happened. So if you, you know, just wait and you'll get the remarks from the president shortly. And then they come down and that's the first thing they do because that's what decent people do instead. And that's why the media custody of the president's coming out. We're expecting him to comment on this, that or the other thing. That's why they take this live. Fox took it live. Evil Fox, who hates Joe Biden. Oh, they're so terrible. They took it live because the president of the United States, in a moment of shock and horror, was going to say something. Presumably, look, when the president speaks, it's important. Whether or not it's actually important or whether or not it's coherent, another story. So Fox goes to Joe Biden. When my wife told me about this, I couldn't believe it. 
And then I saw it for myself. Fox actually cut away. Now, they cut away to make Joe Biden look better, honestly, as if you'd have kept it on for the couple more minutes he was going off about the kids in the room and ice cream. It would have been even more disgusting than this clip is. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. <laughs> Folks, uh, it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? They're your kids, all four of them? Well, stand up, guys. John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. Uh, considering the moment, um, we were, we were told a that the shooting pr- yeah. that just happened uh, left three children dead, uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told he would be addressing this f- off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. Um, he's yucking it up with the uh, crowd at the uh, East Room. So why don't, why don't we uh, dump out of this? And when the president decides that he's going to address this, we'll jump back into it. Yeah, isn't that lovely? The president of the United States. Hey, I love ice cream. I heard there was ice cream. I'm down here because there's ice cream. Throw me some kids to sniff. Hey, Ben Cardin, how you doing? Oh, man. Um... This ain't and, 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 and this isn't Oprah. You don't come out and high five the audience. This isn't Ellen. You go dance with everybody. Your people. They told the media, "Hey, we're going to address this. The president's going to speak on this topic at the top." So take this, and he comes out, and he just looks like a complete piece of crap, blissfully unaware. I love. Uh, my name's Joe Biden. I love ice cream. I love ice. Nothing makes me more want to sexually assault junior level staffers than having eaten a whole bunch of chocolate, chocolate chip. Nothing gets me more sexually aroused than the murder of children by a trans activist. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, no. So eventually, literally after like four minutes of him going, stand up, those, those are good looking kids. You mind if I sniff them? Can I sniff? After about four minutes of that, of yucking it up. He then tries to turn it to, no, but seriously, I I give a damn about dead kids. And he starts reading the teleprompter. Tell me if you hear anything remotely close to sincerity in this clip. I just want to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, uh, Ben and I have been doing this our whole careers, it seems. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. 
And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly, within minutes, to end the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know. And uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reportedly had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time that we began to make some more progress, but there's more to learn. But I just wanted to send my uh, concern and hearts out to so many parents out there. I've been to so many of these sites, as Ben knows, by virtually every one. And uh, one of the things you folks should, I know you do know, but you should focus on. You know, just like when in the military, when my son was in Iraq for a year, other places, you, so many members of the military coming back with post-traumatic stress after witnessing the violence and participating in it. Well, these children, these teachers, you should be, should be focusing on their mental health as well. Isn't that lovely? Mental health. Okay, mental health. Uh, the children. Okay, what about the trans people? No, 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 shut up. Uh, he ends up two shout-outs to Ben Cardin. He's using Maryland Senator Ben Cardin as a, look, I, I, I've been here. Look, as, as you know, Ben, I've, uh, we're monitoring this situation. Ben Cardin's sitting there going, what the hell are you talking about? I know. All right, whatever. Uh, we, we've been through a lot of As you know, Ben. Why, why are you talking to Ben? supposed to be talking to the American people. supposed to just read the damn teleprompter. But of course, after five minutes of acting like you're opening up for Jerry Seinfeld at the improv and being booed off the stage trying to do comedy, then you come around and say, well, I care. I care deeply. I care very, very, very deeply about the Where's the ice cream, by the way? He did later on go back to whining and talking about ice cream and joking about ice cream because that was his priority. But if you notice, he had all kinds of energy. He comes out, hey, man, uh, blah, 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 blah. I love ice cream. Then, let me just tell you. It's like when I tell my kids they'll fight with each other. And one will do something, says, she called me a dummy. She called me this or hit me or took away the this and did that. And you go, you got to apologize. Apologize. And what do they do? I'm sorry. It's about that level of sincerity that Joe Biden... I love ice cream. Look, there's Ben Cardin. You know I love ice cream. You know that one staffer that I slathered in ice cream and, and licked it off of her. It was great. Love that ice cream. Love, love ice cream. Anyway, now I want to talk about... And it's immediately... It goes from keg stands at the party to trip to the dentist office. It's, I got to do this. I got to go through this. And then it goes back to, anyway, now that I've talked about the dead kids while ignoring the situation of the murder of the dead kids being, you know, somebody on my side that I may well have uh, inspired, we can get back to talking about ice cream. It is, well, I would say it's unbelievable. But it's fully believable. It's how the left works. 
If you expect them to be decent human beings, they are not. The only people they care about are themselves. The only people they put first are themselves. Everything else is a means to an end. It's the only way you could be part of a political philosophy that oversaw the death, the murder of 100 million people in the last century and go, no, but they still had some good ideas. You look at it and you go, 100 million people, that's a lot of dead people. But if we're going to really combat climate change, we're going to have to kill maybe 10 times that many. That's the modern Democratic Party. You want to talk about problematic you want to talk about disgusting disturbing right there that's the modern democratic party care more about ice cream than dead kids but don't worry they're going to work tirelessly i remember uh, what was it after uh, danny pearl was decapitated by isis barack obama was rushed to uh, the a, a makeshift podium at a golf course, at a country club where he was golfing. They ran and they got him a suit because he wasn't dressed up. They got him a suit. He had to change. He was late to the press conference because he had to change into his suit. And he came out because he didn't want to. It had been hours since. And they, he didn't want to address the beheading of Danny Pearl. But the pressure was so great that it, like people were talking about it. People were noticing that he's He's specifically not talking about it. Like, this is weird. He's on vacation. So they got him a suit. He comes out and he reads a half-hearted statement. Oh, we'll not rest until these people are brought to justice. I promise you. We will not rest until these people are brought to justice. Thank you. And he done walks away. No questions were asked. The press immediately went to reporting. Going, oh, wow. Barack Obama is not going to rest. And within five minutes, he was out of the suit, back in his pants and polo shirt, and out on the tee. Out on the tee, but I swear to God, he was back to golfing within five minutes. I, I will not rest until then. But, I mean, I am in the middle of my vacation, and we are at the turn. So, you know, I'm shooting just just uh, two over par here. So, you know, we got priorities. We'll, we'll get the people who did the bad stuff, whatever the what the, the bad thing. We'll, we'll get those people. Don't worry. But right now, uh, while there are bad people in the world, there is uh, some good some good short game happening. So I'm going to make sure that we take care of that and finish off these, uh, these remaining holes and see if I can't win $20 against my friends. Democrats... When I say Democrats don't care, I mean Democrats don't care. I want to uh, talk about this because this is the absurdity of political correctness run amok. The absurdity, the obscene nature of it as we're sitting here dealing with a whole bunch of other things. The left, the left never stops. The left never, ever, ever stops. They don't even take a break. They don't take a breath. Fox News reporting but you can find this everywhere george washington university has come down to its final four i know it doesn't have anything to do with the men's or women's ncaa basketball tournaments but rather the school's new nickname as it inches further and further away from the colonials the colonial go well first of all the colonials is kind of a dumb name it just it just is. You're George Washington. I know what they were thinking. And sadly, the history department should have chimed in and said, it wasn't really 
colonials, the George Washington fought the colonials, right? It was a it was a colonial himself, but he fought the colonizers. Okay, so I don't know. The revolutionaries might be a little bit better, might be a little bit smarter. Just saying, just saying. But it's like the Stanford, the Stanford mascot. Do you know what the Stanford mascot is? It's it's the cardinal, and you're like, oh, well, that's a pretty bird. No, it's a pine tree. I'm not kidding. I mean, there are lots of universities. There are only apparently so many good mascots around. But anyway, the colonials, I don't care. People are used to the being the colonials. If you want to change it because it sucks, go ahead and change it. But if you want to change it because the left is whiny and upset, I have a problem with it. I have a big problem with it. And that's what's going on here. The leftists on campus are looking at this and going, colonials, colonizing is bad. Colonizing is terrible. Colonizing... Frankly, the world would be a lot different if there were any colonizing at all. And most people would be far worse off. What? It's a horrible thing. It's a racist thing. No. The infrastructure. Let's just be honest about it. Civilization developed in different parts of the world at different rates at different times. Why? I have no idea. Why was there an enlightenment somewhere and not somewhere else? Why is there art in one place and not in other places how come it, i don't know how is it that asians could travel the world chinese could travel uh, europeans could travel the world yet when they came to this continent it was like 500 years earlier essentially technologically if not more why is it i have no idea i have no idea it just was it's not me to figure out why and assign some sort of blame just the way society works with it. They're still, you know, Amish. They ain't listening. But Amish, you sit there and you go, they've rejected technology. Why? I don't know. Whatever their reasons are, they're free to do it. But you sit there and you look at all this stuff and you go, okay. Without colonization, there'd be a lot of people much worse off. And a lot of discoveries would not have happened. And science as well. You're going to change the mascot of a university because you're offended by it. You're out of problems. Just like I said yesterday when we were talking about, what was it, The uh, if you use memes with black people, you're using digital blackface. And the guy at CNN wrote that this is one of the most awful examples of racism today. You're like, really? That's, that's it. Racism is essentially dead then if you tweet out a meme and it's the same as a clan rally 50 years ago democratic well, 50 100 years ago the democratic party but what are the new nicknames they're considering the final four ambassadors blue flog i don't know what the hell the f- blue flog is it's f-l-o-g like revolutionaries and sentinels were named potential replacements for colonials why not just, we can't make it the bipeds. Make it the, you know, because some people don't identify as humans. Uh, there is nothing. The beings, I guess. Maybe there's probably somebody, vote for Democrats, who don't identify as beings. Make them the, the George Washington University beings. Huh? How about that one? You got to find some way to be unoffensive. But how much more of this stuff are we going to take? The Washington Commanders. Spare me. This is rich suburban whitey 
going, I'm offended on behalf of other people. I'm offended on behalf of black and brown people. That's the most offensive part, the white savior complex. There you go. The George Washington University white saviors. Problem solved. Hmm. That's all the time we have for today. I appreciate you listening, sharing, telling a friend. Tell other friends. Be back here as we do it all again tomorrow. 